The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. The scripture for today is 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21. Knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. This is the word of the Lord. I feel like Garth Brooks with this thing on. Um, Okay, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to talk. Um, so, I'm going, to read, I'm going to read these verses. Um, hey, somebody open those doors right there, please. Thank you, Gus. All right, this is Psalm 24, 7 through 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. Father God, we invite you into this room. King of glory, we invite you into this room. I ask, Father God, that you would have your way today, Lord Jesus, that you would speak, that anything that's from me that um, you would toss to the side and whatever is from you, that you would allow it to stick and that you would allow it to grow in your timing, Father God. We say that you are the only one that can move us, Father. In your name, Jesus, amen. Okay. Let's just acknowledge I don't have any I don't have any shoes on. And I feel like I don't I don't feel like I know I don't have any shoes on because the Lord has been telling me to take my shoes off this week when I've been in here praying for today because I'm on holy ground. That doesn't mean you guys should take your shoes off. Some of you should not take your shoes off. But for me it is that and um, I'm supposed to be teaching about the benediction, and I will-ish. I'm going to be teaching about identity. I'm going to be speaking about identity. Teaching sounds like a big word, but okay, I'm going to be teaching about identity. Um, and by how I'm going to do that is I am going to tell my story. And that's what I felt like the Lord has wanted me to do, and so I'm going to do it. There are things that you guys need to know, and that is, I feel like the Lord talks to me. I believe that the Lord talks to all of us, and the way that the Lord talks to me is through pictures, because I'm a visual person, and I also have this inner, what I call inner dialogue, where I talk to the Lord in my head, and the Lord talks back to me. So... Because this is all in here. And, um, yeah. So, um, the title of the sermon is, y'all think I'm nervous, but I'm not. Leah, I'm trying not to embarrass you. 
I'm just, I'm just listening to the Lord. Um, the title of the sermon is Remember, Remember Whose You Are. And the person that I heard that from was my mom. My mom used to say it to me all the time. And so I know that Jonathan and Brad don't dedicate sermons much. I'm dedicating a sermon to my mom. I thought I was not going to cry at all, but apparently it's going to just start from the beginning. Because my mom had my back. If nobody else did, my mom had my back. She was for me. And Leah, I'm supposed to tell you that you are just like mom. And you should accept that. So, this is how my story begins. I know my mom and dad loved me. There's no doubt in my mom, my mom and dad loved me. They were for me. Before school, that was my identity, was that my mom and dad loved me. And then I went to school, and it was like they were throwing me to the wolves. And I learned things about myself in school. In first grade, I can remember for the first time in first grade, I can remember that I was dumb. And that was my identity. I wasn't good at math. I wasn't good at reading. I had to stay inside and do my math while other kids were, were at PE. That's one of the things. That was, that, was, that was something that I took on, is I am dumb. If you asked me then, that's what I would have told you. Another thing, I'm not good at sports. I get picked last. That's one of those things. Another thing, and I know most of you are in the age of upward basketball, do not know anything about this, but back in the old day during basketball, we had the first quarter that was normal, we had the second quarter that was normal, and then we had what was affectionately termed by the kids the scrub quarter. And that was where all the sorry kids would play basketball and it was like your own game within a game where they would blank out the scoreboards, they would keep a different score during the third quarter, and then at the beginning of the fourth quarter, they'd go back to the regular score. I was one of those kids that was a scrub. I know all the, Susik, I know you seeing me play basketball as an adult, that's hard for you to believe. <laughs> but that was, that was me. And that is embarrassing. And it's something that I took on as, as a part of my identity. Just hold on a second. Huh? I know. Thank you. So another thing that I learned in elementary school was, um, God, it's so hard, it's so hard, because these are things that I don't like about me, and it's, and it's cringy, and I hope I'm not making it too cringy for you guys. But um, as you can tell, I'm, I've got some meat on my bones. Back in the day, I was a skinny little dude with a big head and a long neck. And that's, those are the names that I got in elementary school. Big head, that's a very, I mean, take some imagination for that. Big head, um, they called me Jeffrey the giraffe because of my neck. And 
always my weight was, was brought to my attention. Those are things that I brought in to my identity. And they're little tiny things, but they're like these little razor blade cuts that's just slowly bleeding you out. And um, it was during elementary school that I became a believer. Um, at 11, I um, felt the move of the Holy Spirit in vacation Bible school, and I became a Christian. And I became a Christian because I felt the Lord wooing me and calling me, but I also became a Christian because who wants to go to hell? Nobody wants to go to hell. So, so I became a Christian, and it wasn't a huge deal in my life um, because I'm dealing with all other kinds of crap. In, can I say crap? In, in, in life. And so elementary school goes by. Then I get to middle school. Middle school... I learned the name for, for, for a part of my identity is Target. I get lunch tokens taken from me on a daily basis. And that's where I met this kid named Boo, which I don't even know if that is his real name. But his name was Boo. And the first time I met him was in the, in the locker room in PE. I didn't know him. I knew his name after, but I didn't know him from Adam. He walks up to me, he grabs me by the hair, and he punches me in the face. Target. That's, that's who I am. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. That's who I am. So, thankfully, that's the only time that happened by him in middle school. So, still, a bunch of little traumas in middle school. Still dumb. Still not. I don't get math. Park says I was dyslexic. We don't know that for sure. But back in the day, you were either smart or you were dumb. Teachers wouldn't say that, parents wouldn't say that, but that's what the kids said. And so, there's middle school. High school, that's when I learned that friends leave and they don't stay around. Reinforce the fact that I'm dumb. I'm in the dumb classes. All of my friends go to the smart college prep classes. They leave. I don't hang out with them. They're hanging out with each other. They're not really my friends anymore. Um... Let's see, um, that adds to one of the words that came to me when I was praying about this is not good enough, that I'm not good enough. Um, I met up with my old buddy Boo again, who climbed into my car, grabbed me by the hair, punched me in the face, once again for no reason. I don't know what Boo's problem was, but he had a problem with me, apparently. So there's Target. But at that time, I learned that I can fight back, and I learned that I could hate. And I did. And I took some losses in fights, but I learned to fight back. And it was because of that that I met my friends, Stephen and Todd. These names are real names. They are not protecting anybody. You don't know their last name, though. <laughs> um, and they come into class, slap me in the back of the head. I had the nerve to take up for myself. They picked me up. This is during IPS, Introductory to Physical Science. I think that's one of the dumb classes. And pick me up, throw me over an IPS desk, tell me to say I'm sorry for taking up for myself. They throw me back and forth and back and forth until the girls started saying, please don't, and that's worse. That is, I don't, for you girls out there, if you see a dude getting beat down, just let him get beat down. Is <laughs> So, so there, there's Target again. I start hanging out with the, with the bad crowd. You know, I, I didn't even start hanging out with the bad crowd. I was the bad crowd. 
I was doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. And it was at that time that my mom would say to me, remember whose you are. Every time I would go out, she would say, remember whose you are. And I know what she means now. What she meant now was, remember, you are the Lord's. Remember, at 11, you, you accepted him into your life. That's what she meant. But through my paradigm, through my woundedness, through my identity, what I heard was, don't embarrass us. Don't do something that's going to... And I know that's not what mom meant. But that's how I took it. And at that point... I take on the identity of I'm an embarrassment, and I'm a bad kid. So let's go back to, um, I did the, is it called Midweek? And if you didn't listen, I know Tanisha listened to it, because she listened to every one. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. And so, so they, you asked me a question, what was your, what was your childhood like? It is easier for me to say I'm a bad kid than to go into all that other stuff. So, I mean, that's just a little look. And for me, this is like, what I'm telling you, I hate telling you this because it's been an embarrassment to me. I'm embarrassed of it. I don't want my sister to know about it. I don't want my boys to know about it. Park is pretty much the only one that knows about it. Leah, I'm still as awesome as I was. A promise. And so, going back to, going back to high school, <sighs> that, okay, so that, that was high school, and then I have in big capital letters, high school ends, thank you God. High school ended, college started, I can leave all of that behind, and I can create myself new, you know, and hopefully people have kind of grown up a little bit. I still got the identity, though. Whether or not I've changed the, the picture of the way people see me, I know, I know who I am because I grew up that way. College. Col there were all these little traumas. College was the big trauma. In college, my mom died of cancer. And at that point, at that point, I know God takes people that I love, and God can't be trusted. And so I've got all of this identity, I've got all of this, and I know that I'm not worth a hill of beans to God, because if I was, why would he take my mom? <sighs> this whole time, I still believe in God. I haven't turned away from the faith. I just know that God's my only, I don't want to go to hell, so... Do what you got to do, God. I know who you are. You know who you are. We'll just learn to live with that. So in college, I meet Park. And we have these conversations, and she starts telling me about this thing called Exchange Life, who her dad just so happens to teach. Exchange Life is who you are in Christ. Is that okay, Blake? Okay, who you are in Christ. And it changed my life. Brad, I'm not reading these notes. I'm just looking, I'm just looking at them. Um, Jonathan's here, by the way, and I didn't know he was going to be here, and it just, 
If I say something that's not right, yell it out. Okay, so um, who we are in Christ. You have a sheet of paper. Everybody pick it up. So I met Park. She started telling me about this thing her dad's teaching. I go to, I can't remember if we got married before. I think before we got married, I went to one of his conferences. I've been to like two or three of them now. And in in that conference, what I learned about God is I am loved by him. He chose me. I am forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. When you ask God to forgive you and... When you ask him, you turn. This is what the Lord's been teaching me this week at 53. When the Lord forgives you, at that moment it's forgiven. Stop, stop thinking about it. You are redeemed, and I am adopted. Okay. I need somebody who has a loud voice to read 2 Corinthians 9.8, the first one on there. Somebody, come on. You don't have to raise your hand, just do it. All right, somebody read the sec- next one. Next one. I didn't, shouldn't even have to say it, next person. Amen. Everybody say that. Amen. Okay. This is who we are. And at the top of those sheets, each one of those sheets is a line. And on that line, write your name. And I want you to write your name because if I find any of these in this room after you leave, I will hunt you down. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to give you the paperback. Okay, that's who you are. That was a game changer for me, okay? So, Blake, you're going to be so disappointed in me. I'm sorry. I'm just, this next part, you're going to be disappointed. (laughs) So, I believe these things about myself. But I still have what my identity is from elementary school through college and my, what I think God's identity is. So on good days, I believe all this, and I can tell you it, and I'll believe it. And I can tell each one of you in here about yourself that this, this is true. 
I know it is true. On bad days, I go straight back to elementary school, middle school, high school, college. That's who I am. That's who God is. And throughout the course of our marriage, these are conversations that Park and I would have that would always go into arguments, that I would always get mad trying to prove that God doesn't care about me, that friends don't care about me, that I don't mean anything to anybody. And Park would say to me, well, what does the Lord say? What does the Lord say about you? And I hated it when she said that. But I would always, when I would stop being so mad, I would always say, okay, Lord, what do, you, what do you think about this? And the Lord, nine times out of ten, would say this. He would say, it's not about you. And I am taking it from kindergarten, I mean, elementary school, middle school, high school. I'm taking it from that paradigm. And I'm like, of course it's not about me. It's never about me. Because I'm the redheaded stepchild. I'm sorry, you are not a redheaded stepchild. I know you have red hair, but you're, you are your father's. <clears throat> sorry. So, I have this mentality of, man, I'm just going to go into the next thing. Um, so, he would say that, and... You know, Park would say, ask him, ask him what, he, what he has to say, and he would say, it's not about me. That's where I am. That's where I was. This is why you're going to be disappointed in me, Blake. That's where I was on Monday. I lived, that's how I lived my life. I'm 53 years old, and that's how I lived my life. I've heard truth. It's been given to me. I've accepted it. But my identity in the bad times, which is a lot of times, is the old lies and the old identity. Until Brad asked me to preach. And Brad stole my sermon. And then Grant stole my sermon. So the Lord said, okay, we'll do a different sermon. <laughs> no. I do not have to be online. I can just say it. <laughs> I do not accept that. <laughs> okay. All right, it's over. That's it. <laughs> so that's where I so that's where I am until until Monday. Brad at, Brad actually asked me to preach like um what is it a month and a half ago? And he is a master manipulator. And, and it's also, for if he asks you, he is asking you a month and a half for a purpose out. Because that far out, it seems like a good idea. Until it's the day before. But anyway, so I don't know what I'm going to preach on. And I just go for what I know. And that's, I pray about it. So... The Lord led me to come here every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come here and pray and ask him what he wants and um, just to pray for you guys. And by the way, I am going on so many rabbit trails. By the way, I want you guys to know 
praying for you guys reminds me that, did you know the elders pray for every person that is a member here? Every time we meet, we pray for you guys. Know that you're prayed for and know that you're important. Anyway, that's a sidetrack. So, I'm praying and the Lord is saying, talk to him about identity, but I want, you know, doing what I'm doing now. And the first thing that the Lord reveals to me, which was, it's just been life-changing, is about adoption. When we accept Christ, we are adopted in as sons to God. We are we are heirs to the kingdom, fellow heirs to the kingdom. Somewhere along the way, I believed this lie that when we are adopted in, the Lord is like a father to me. That's not even in the Bible. The Lord is like a father to me. It has to be the enemy. The word like there, the word is like a father. He's not a father. He's like a father. So I enter into this agreement with him, agreement with him where he has to take me in and he's obligated. That is, when you are adopted, that is not what happens. When you are adopted, when I was adopted in, he became my father. That was, that was huge for me. And then he told me, I see a person up there watching. Then he told me um, that he chose me. And that's huge. That he chose me and I agreed. He chose me and I said yes. So that's huge that that's kind of softening me up a little bit inside, making me feel warm and fuzzy. And then the next day, I'm just sitting there, I'm having this, this running dialogue with the Lord, and we're talking, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the back back there, and I feel like he's sitting right next to me, and he says, ask the question. I didn't even have a question in my head. But as soon as he said, ask the question, I, ha I knew the question. And the question was, why did you take my mom? Why did you take my mom? And he calls me, like, when I'm talking to the Lord, he calls me beloved. And he was like, beloved, because she was hurting. She was in pain, and she was tired. And it had been a year, and it was time for her to come home. And I was like, okay. And so when I was with, when my mom was, was about to pass away, I was in the room with her. I don't know who else was in. Were you in there, Leah? I, I know I was in there. Leah was in there. I don't know who else was in there, but I know I was in there. And mom, it's like mom was talking to the Lord, and she was just kind of saying under her breath, not yet, not yet, not yet. And so I asked the Lord, if, if it was time, why was she saying that? Why was she saying, not yet, not yet, not yet? And the Lord said to me, in these words that were like drenched in love, because it's not about you. And that felt different. 
And it felt different because I knew from yesterday, the day before, that I knew who I was. And I knew that Abba Father is my Father. And it felt different. And then he said, and also, she was saying those things. She was saying that because for her at that moment, it wasn't about her. It was about you. And it was about Leah. And it was about my brother Jason. And it was about my dad. And it just broke something in me that it's, it's about me. And then the next day, so I'm like Cullen Park, a hot mess, like I am now. And we talk about that, and I kind of kind of marinate in that a little bit. And the next day, I come back here, and I'm praying. And the Lord goes back to it, and he said, And you know, Jeff, between you and me, it has always been about you. And immediately, Rivers, this is for you, immediately... The lyrics to this hardcore song comes, not Rivers, Rivers, and it was, who was it? It was Judah that asked this question. But it's also for you, Rivers. And it can be for you too, Seth Jacob, and knowing David and whatever. This hardcore song, this old school Christian hardcore, there, are, there is Christian hardcore song, came on, and, and the lyrics came to me, you were bought with a price, a bloody sacrifice. That was for me. And then, on the heels of that, this song came to, came to mind. And I'm going to read you the lyrics to it. And those of you who know me have probably heard this a thousand times. In fact, I've read it up here before. And it says, Look, he's covered in dirt, and the blood of his mother has mixed with the earth. And she's just a child who's throbbing in pain from the terror of birth by the light of a cave. Now they've laid that small baby where creatures come eat, like a meal for the swine who have no clue that he is still holding together the world that they see. They don't know just how low, but he has to go lower still. Look now, he's kneeling, he's washing their feet, though they're all filthy fishermen, traitors and thieves. Now he's pouring his heart out and they're falling asleep, but he has to go lower still. There is greater love to show, hands to the plow, further down now, blood must flow. Oh, do you see? Do you see just how low he has come? Do you see it now? No one takes from him. You can't take what, you can't take what he freely gives away. Beat in his face, tear the skin off his back, lower still, lower still. Strip off his clothes, make him crawl through the streets, lower still, lower still. Hang him like meat on a criminal's tree, lower still, lower still. Bury his corpse in the earth like a seed, like a seed, like a seed, lower still. And Abba Father let his son come down and be... Redemption for me. He did that for me. It was about me, and that is about you. He did that for you. And this weird thing started happening. <clears throat> and the weird thing was that once I know 
it's about me, it doesn't have to be about me. And so through the rest of the days, I could go through to those kids who would call me names. It wasn't about me. It was about them. What were they going through in life? What, what was going on in their life at that moment? For Boo, when he was punching me in the face, it wasn't about me. It was about Boo. What was happening at home? Was he getting hit at home? I don't know. When Stephen and Todd threw me across the desk, it wasn't about me. It was about them. What kind of social pressure did they have going on as captains of the football team? Being the popular kids. What was happening with them? And that is how we do the benediction. And I'm going to read it in a different way, if I find it. Now go into the world in peace, have courage, hold on to what is good. Remember whose you are. Honor all men, because it's not about me. Strengthen the faint-hearted because it's not about me. Support the weak because it's not about me. Help the suffering because it's not about me. Share the gospel because it's not about me. It's about you and me. And love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. And I just want to say... I wish my mom was here so I could just tell her that I know who I am and whose I am. And my prayer for you guys is that you know who you are and whose you are and that the Lord reveals that to you not in a mind way, but in a heart way, in a spirit way. And nobody can do that but the Lord. And so we're about to have communion. And when we have communion, I want you to remember this is the body that the Lord that was of the Lord that was broken for us and the blood of the Lord that was shed for us. And I want you to use this time to think about the lies that the enemy has told you about who you are and ask the Lord to reveal those to you and look at those verses and see how that jabs with the truth. And so I'm just going to pray for us before let's just say Lord Come, Lord Jesus, come. I ask, Father God, that you would heal where you need to heal, Lord Jesus, that you would affirm where you need to affirm, Father God. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that, um, that we wouldn't leave here believing lies. And I ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen.